Hello everyone and welcome to the Racing Minds podcast. Racing Minds is a charitable organisation and our mission is to provide a positive, exciting and supportive safe space environment for blue light services, military personnel, veterans and individuals that are battling with mental health problems. To support their recovery, help improve their mental state through motorsport experiences and to raise awareness of mental health. The Racing Minds podcast is focused on delivering inspirational, interesting stories from within the racing community, using motorsport as our medium to raise awareness of mental health. As always, guys, thanks for the support and enjoy this episode. So, Charlie Robertson, welcome to Racing Minds podcast. Hello, hello. And Kelly Edmund, welcome to Racing Minds podcast. Um, for those that don't know, uh, Kelly is Charlie's other half, so she's going to keep him on the straight and narrow tonight. Supervision. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, so for those guys that don't know Charlie, Charlie uh, has raced uh, at Le Mans in the LMP1 category, hugely successful driver, he's a factory driver for Ginetta. Um, lovely bloke. Uh, we've known each other now, what, for nearly, what, a couple of years? Or yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I think I first met you on the, on the simulator. Yeah, that was it. After, yeah, yeah. After Sintrax, yeah, it's so. fun. And we kind of crossed paths a few times, like testing wise and yeah, bits and pieces yeah. before that. Um, so, where did it all start from you, mate? Stop banging stuff. Stop <laughs> know, banging right. stuff in my studio. <laughs> Look, you've already ripped the place apart. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I can't control <laughs> my You've had one beer. Jesus. Um, so, where did it all start like for you? Like, obviously, some people start in karting, some people start in grass tracking or whatever. Like, where did it all start? Karting. Yeah, 2005. I thought you were about to give me a one-word answer there, and just be like, "Karting, stop." <laughs> <laughs> this is a good start. That's pretty right. Night. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, karting in uh, 2005 up in Scotland. So I used to live in the middle of nowhere, and uh, I think my dad saw someone that like didn't have a karting van in the Sainsbury's car park, and asked them about karting, and then uh, yeah, and then that was it. I ended up at an indoor kart track in Edinburgh, did a bit, and then um, got my own kart, and it all went from there. You, you, so you Scottish originally, born and bred, or no? So my family are all from Scotland. So my mum and dad are from Stirling, mm. uh, which is about twenty minutes, half an hour from Knock Hill. Mm. Uh, and then I was born in Surrey, um, which so I reckon I probably um, I probably <laughs> average out to, to Brummie. That's what I've kind of worked out. If you like average where I'm from, it would probably be like put me in the middle of somewhere. Okay. You don't sound like it then. Okay. <laughs> what's what, why are you being nasty to people who's from Sterling or from, like, <laughs> Kelly Kelly's getting one in there, like getting digs in there on the sly. Mm. Um so where so Knock Hill was local was local to that then? Like whereabouts karting was local to that though? Uh, Lockall. Lockall. Which, which Lockall. is about I was about an hour away from my from my house where I lived. Yeah. Um so that's where I did my first race, novice plates. I actually had a good start with my first race. Um because when, when when you start karting you have to start the back. Mm. Um, every time a novice cross on and uh, I think I was on pole of the novices right and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like the two novices yeah there was, <laughs> was three <laughs> um, and then uh, the second novice took me off at turn one and uh, I, just, I just came in I just came in the pits didn't, didn't finish the race I just went you wrapped you were like, yeah, you're like oh, that's it I'm coming in <laughs> yeah yeah and then my dad was like maybe this isn't for you mate and then he went, then he went home <laughs> so it was like so that was race one so. I like that though it's so often you speak to some drivers and they're just like yeah my first race you know I came third out of a field of like 25 super one drivers yeah, yeah. And, and like say okay well, how much truth is there to that yeah, but... I, broke the, I broke the indoor cart in lap record on my first race Christ, that's that's the the so. no, <laughs> yeah. so other people were like you're amazing you need to start 
<laughs> I think I, I just cried and came in and went home. <laughs> so how old were you then? Uh, eight. Eight years old? Yeah, so still, oh. still pretty young. And so you, you carried on at Lark Hall after that? Or? Yeah, I think I was back next month. At that stage, it was like once a month. Yeah. The, the clubs had you know one race a month. And then you, you basically, I think there was like four main kart clubs in Scotland. Uh, so you go Lark Hall and there's one right up in the north called Goldsby, which mm. is near like John O'Groats. Um, but I only started going to those sort of later on. But yeah, to start with, it was once a month, really. Okay. What other circuits you travel to? Did you do any other kind of club stuff or did you just stick, stick mainly this to... Was, yeah, this was right at the start. So then I think I did a couple of years of, of sort of Scottish stuff and a bit more... And in, in 2007, I started doing the British Championships. Okay. So I did two years of basically club karting with my dad. Yeah. And then uh, we basically got quite good at it. Started winning some, some club races. Uh, and then just progressed really, and then ended up um, doing some British Championship stuff. And the first year, I got my ass handed to me on a plate in the British Championships. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I finished. I think there's 50 carts. I think I finished 32nd or something. And yeah. Then, uh, and then I joined a team called Fusion for 2008, which a lot of people probably heard of. Mm. Um, and went from you know basically being you know pretty pretty poor in, in, in the B final to to leading the championship right to the last round Jeez. and finishing second. So. It was um, quite a change. Yeah, I think a lot of karting to do with the with the kit. Mm. You know, if you if you can be with the right team on the right kit, yeah, it, it's just like insane. And with the right data, you know, we had just like six, seven kids who were all fast, and yeah. then you're all looking at each other's data. And that was the first time I'd ever even seen data. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that was when I was ten. So it was just kind of like a whole new appreciation for how much you have to put into it to, to yeah. get the results. Yeah, so. absolutely. What? Well, so that was kind of a bit of a not a baptism of fire isn't the right way to put it but you know being data at that stage of your career and like you know serious stuff that, yeah know. yeah absolutely just get little printouts after every uh, every session and they'd be like right so you know my teammate at the time was a kid called Roy Johnson who actually did genetic humulus for a little bit and he was very quick um, and he was there he'd always be like a little bit quicker here and a little bit quicker there and you'd end up going through all that data and, you, and you, it doesn't take much to understand as you know I mean mm. you, you, when, we, when we do the sim stuff you know you have a look at the when you can explain it, it's quite easy to understand. Yeah, yeah. So obviously that helped you massively, you know, having an understanding of that kind of data requirement early on mm, in your mm. career. So that was so when you went to British Championships, how old were you then? Or was that 10, 10, 10. years old? Yeah, I'd say ten, and then. So you were a junior or a cadet? That was cadet. Still cadet. So yeah, I yeah. did. I think I did. I moved out of cadets in the two thousand eight, mm. uh, and then two thousand and nine, I moved into the a road tax class called Minimax. Yeah. Um, which was. Basically, in karting, the I finished second in cadets, and then it was always like, do we do another year and not win? You know, if you don't win, it's a failure really, because yeah. if you finish second, you have to win another year, you go back. Yeah. Um. So I, that, my mum and dad always sort of moved me up. Yeah. Even if I was, I was always at the young age of every class. Yeah, yeah. Um. So mini max, I was, I, I didn't weigh enough. Right. So I was like, I think I was. I think I was like 29 kilos in cadets. You carried like 50 kilos of lead on the car. I, I had lead in in my. In my heel cups on the cart, I had lead in my rib protector, Jesus. loads of stuff just to get me up to the minimum weight. Just because they made that illegal eventually, didn't they? Yeah. Like, well, not not back then, but like eventually they put an end to lead in the in the rib protectors. Didn't yeah, they? yeah. I mean, I, I've I've heard stories of like a kid I heard. I could have <laughs> Kelly's heard, like what? <laughs> I could have heard about. I, got, I think it was last. I can't remember who was telling it then, but it was quite recent. And said they saw a kid and his dad was <laughs> hosed him down in the in the, uh, in, the <laughs> in the paddock to make his suit like sodden so he was like three or four kilos heavier 
Hey, just, if it works, you yeah. know. But the kid was, it was like, I think it was like December, so the kid was probably died, died of hypothermia, but at least he like, at least he waited. I won the race start, but I died of hypothermia afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was, um, so was that, is that Super 1 or? Yeah, Super Super 1 and a, a championship called Stars of Tomorrow. Yeah, okay, I remember. was, um, I think that was the, the, the championship with Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Sort of did and, and then it changed it's changed the name to the Formula Kart stuff and stuff. It had a, a few different guises. It was run by um Carolyn Hoy, who yeah. was Will Hoy's um wife, who was a touring car driver. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, that was that was probably the main that was the Cadet British Championship and then Super One was sort of everything else was British Championship. Okay, cool. So you would have been fairly you would have come to the circuits fairly local to here then, like fullback and PFI and... Yeah, I never raced fullback. I've I've been there, um, but I never raced on it, but PF was like, yeah, every, yeah. every month I was yeah. PF. So we did all our testing there and such a um, massive infrastructure there. It's oh, just, yeah. it's enormous. It was it was it's the best track in the UK and, and I never raced on the new the new layout, but apparently that's really good as well. Yeah, it's awesome. Um and then uh, the team I raced with a, a team called Mick Barrett racing, who I think are quite local to here as well. Um, yeah, they're not yeah. far away. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, I moved from Minimax to a car called KF3, which mm. was like rapid, fast, yeah, really yeah. fast. Um, and again, I was young and not very big, and they were proper, proper physical carts. But mm. so, remember, there was a there was a test in the summer. I think it was about it was you know one of those days it was like thirty degrees, and and there's loads of, loads of carts out, and it was it was PF, and in karting when the track gets rubbered in, you can if you go in too hot sometimes. Your cart starts like bouncing, mm. and um, it's like uncontrollable. Um, it, I didn't, I didn't have to stop it. I, I just basically fell out. It was so crazy. <laughs> wow, um, yeah. I didn't even hit anything. I just <laughs> literally <laughs> fell out and fell on, onto the battery on the side. Um, so yeah, that's those carts were physical, and they got up to about ninety-five mile an hour. So they were. Hey, I, I remember going to see um, cart masters with a few of the KF three mm. passing, just thinking, Jesus, like you, you're really pushing the limits of what is safe at a lot of circuits as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it, it was impressive, but I mean, there was a big name. What what year was that you did that? Or um, two thousand ten. So some big names there. Yeah, names yeah. you recognise probably uh, Barnacote, Van yeah. Barnacote, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jake Dennis. Yeah. Um, there's a few others. I think. I mean, in my career, I've raced against, uh, you know, Seb, Seb Morris, who I raced against mm. Cadets and Minimax. Yeah. Um, Jake Jake Hughes, who I raced against in F four, but then he's obviously now in F three and Formula E. Yeah. Um, reserve driver so there's a, there's a lot of kids that have gone a long a long way yeah in the sport and role you can tell it's strange karting because you you kind of well obviously george russell so i used to race him in cadets yeah and um you just know when you're racing people that it, you're racing them at the time and you don't you don't really know who's going to go where and then it all just sort of pans out over the, over the next sort of decade which yeah, is quite yeah. strange but we've been sort of contemporaries for a long time mm. who are those contemporaries i suppose is probably a question some people would probably ask but are those contemporaries who would you say that you've raced has been either the toughest or the best to race against i, I actually thought um in f4 jake jake hughes was fast jake hughes and, yeah yeah, and yeah because i'd never really known jake that well before and i think he was doing sort of senior karting yeah um when in the two years i was doing in f juniors so we never actually crossed paths before that um and yeah, he won the championship that year, and he was with a team called Lannan Racing, and um, he was yeah on his day he was really fast. And, yeah. Um, I think we were probably the two quickest in the in in that season. I had a, a bit of bad luck, but it was definitely us two for the for the title. Yeah. What um what stage did you stop karting and move into cars? 
2010 was so that was after year. the KF3 yeah, then you yeah moved. that was my last year and what did you move into from there United Union so straight into juniors yeah yeah, yeah. winner <laughs> yeah. well I mean it was a strange strange um, sort of way it happened because I came to the end of 2010 and I'd only ever done British Carlton mm. and uh, I'd done one race uh, called the European Qualifiers which is basically uh, what it, what it, you know that's what it says it's basically um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it was a PF this time so it was the first time I'd ever been in the UK, and it was drivers from all over the world mm. uh, and all over Europe um, raced in the top thirty, got through to um, the European finals in I think it was Genk yeah. in Belgium, and that was that attracted some big names. You had Verstappen, Nocon, all those people came and raced, and um, that was like, my first taste of it all. And then um, I was wanting to do all the full European season the following year, and it was crazy expensive. Carlton, I mean, it was I couldn't like, believe it. Yeah, I mean, I think the budget to do that was two hundred grand. Yeah. To do, to do the full season, and and then my dad, my mum and dad were like, no, and it was like forty days off school. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, it just got to the point where you're basically racing around an entirely industrial estate hmm. with no one really watching. Yeah. Spending loads of money. <laughs> yeah. And you're not really guaranteed results unless yeah. you're with like Tony Kart Factory or something yeah. like that. So it, it, we basically sort of said, look, let's let's have a, a bit of a think and, and I think we actually picked up Autosport magazine in December and uh, the United G40 was the car of the year like yeah race car of the year UK race car of the year I think and because uh, it, it had just done its first season in United Juniors uh, that year I think Tom Ingram won it that year yeah and um, we were like what, what's this and, and I think we just had a bit of a chat over Christmas and then it was sort of from January onwards that was the plan. Yeah. I think Matt, uh, Max Gregory was was championship manager at the time, and he's now uh, he runs United Hot Sports, or mm. does all the management for United Hot Sports. So he was the guy that we sort of spoke to, and then uh, got a test with HHC mm. um, up at Croft, and in the start of January, and um, and that was it. And then it just went from there. Did it. And uh, it was a strange transition because uh, I always thought cars felt when I first drove one, it felt it didn't feel that fast. No. I think when you're so close to the floor yeah. in a car and you're doing 95 mile an hour and you're doing 110 in the junior mm. but you feel like you've got suspension and soft brakes and, and just a bit more I think there's a lot more to do but you feel like you've got quite a lot of time as well yeah, the surfaces yeah. are all bigger and stuff yeah. so it didn't feel that natural to go straight into it what did, you th- what did you find was the biggest thing that you had to adapt from karting to cars? Um, weight transfer probably yeah. that's the biggest thing because yeah. you've got suspension um gears as well but it didn't it didn't yeah you know i think from i grew up from a generation where you played playstation stuff a lot yeah and, you know i was grand chisma through and through so i mean i literally probably <laughs> i raced at nurburgring last year for the first time and i already knew it already and yeah. um but it's kind of like yeah it, you just you don't it doesn't seem seem too difficult when you got into it but i think i felt safer in a car than i ever did in a car yeah and i never really i think i needed to roll a car to be honest i never did yeah. So I did like six years, five, six years of casting, never rolled. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I just need to get out of the way. I need to yeah. have a massive crash just yeah. so I know it's not that bad. Yeah. And I never did. So I think I always felt a lot more safer and and more confident in a car than I ever did in a car. And I think that's where, where I found my confidence. You, so you felt safer in a, in a car as yeah, opposed 100%. to a go-kart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. No, it's, I think, well, like you were saying about you know transitioning from from carts to cars it's kind of it's one of those situations where you see some kids that make it and like they're, they're stunning in a go-kart and you, mm-hmm. you go and watch them at you know car masters or whatever it is you you're gonna 
watch them out at Super One or whatever. Um, and you see some kids, they just blow everyone away. You just think, yeah. oh, that guy's going to be awesome. He jumps into a car and just can't make the transition. No. Um, yeah. And they try and drive it like a go kart. They, they don't have any appreciation of, like you say, weight transfer. That, mm-hmm. That's probably the biggest thing I've found watching kids because I'll, I'll go and watch kart car masters most years just as a yeah, spectator. Yeah. Um, and you see some really exciting talents there, but obviously it's the obviously it's the route to F one, so mm. people can charge that kind of money to yeah. get guys racing at that level. Um, and then you see a lot of the guys go into go into cars and just don't make the transition, and it's a you know it's a shame, but you know that's part of the game, I suppose. I think um, I think also genetic juniors is deceptively difficult. Yeah. As well, I mean, yeah, a yeah. lot of kids think. I think I'm into it, and a lot of kids that I've beaten in karting were already mm. doing it, and I was just like. You know, fine, I'll you know, yeah. beat them in casting, it'll be easy. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was yeah. really hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really difficult. Yeah. And um, I think it's the same, even, you know, probably the most famous name that's done Jeanette Juniors is Landon Norris. Mm. And he didn't win it. You know, he didn't, he didn't finish third. He was still, you know, bloody good job for his first year. Mm. Um, but I think that just shows how the caliber of driver that, that race in that kind yeah, of yeah. Um, When, you know, when you've got a, a guy who's getting on the podium in the Monaco Grand Prix, yeah. he didn't win didn't win that championship so i mean mm. i think it's a different level of, of of skill to drive those cars but i think it also puts you in good stead for anything you do going forward i think it's kind of gus nailed it last year so gus burton my teammate yeah, yeah. that you know um last year with century motorsport he he hit the nail on the head when i was talking to him about it he said you know there's basically no power mm-hmm. um you know you've got to give good feedback to get a good feeling from the car yeah um and you have to know how to race because there's no power, so you're not going to get away. So it's all, you know, it's all slipstreaming yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and all the rest of it. So he, he said, you know, you really do learn how to think with your head, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was a really, uh, I thought was a really good way to describe it, um, as opposed to just going ram stam and trying to get away at the front like you see some kids in carting do, and yeah, you know, that's that's and, the end of it. And I think I think Gus has come good as well because he's you know he moved into the Super Cup last year. And, and I know he's, a, he's, he's quite a big kid in me, Gus. I mean, he's not, mm. you know, he's tall. Yeah. Mean, I think long man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, when you're in Jeff's juniors, if, you, if you're not on the weight, again, then you haven't got that much power. Yeah. You're screwed. Yeah. So, I mean, he did a great job in Jeff's juniors to do as well as he did. Mm. Um, and I think that's why he's proved as soon as you move into something with, with power and weight doesn't matter as yeah. much. You know, he's up, he's up, up there right at the top. He's really, like, if you ever, if you ever see some of his onboards or something like that, it's just, he the way he drives the car looks like he's out for a Sunday drive. Yeah, like yeah. I'm absolutely like on the ragged edge, yeah, like yeah. a bit everywhere, and I'm like, how on earth do you, make, like that, yeah. do you make that look so friggin' easy? Like, to, it's really annoying. I used to come in uh, when I was driving, um, when I was driving doing all the MP1 testing, and you come in and go, oh, man, that's the biggest, moment, biggest moment for um, the poorest car end of the straight. You've got a car called Scene, yeah, which is fast. I mean, it's black. It's a long right hander. Yeah, it? long like, right. Well, it's yeah. the one before the long right hander. You come off the long back straight, and it's like a, it's like a fast ninety degree right, but it's yeah. black. And uh, you come in, and I just, I'm, I have a little bit of a slide, and it felt in the car, it feels like the biggest yeah. like, moment of your life. <laughs> yeah. And you're doing you, like two hundred miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you look at the onboard, and it's like big. It's like that. And I'm like, what are you going on about? It's the most like. You don't understand. You don't understand. I was nearly in the nearly I mean, in the fence. You weren't there, man. I nearly died, man. Uh, like, <laughs> like, like, no one appreciates it. It's funny. Me and Simo always talk about that all the time. You feel like you've had the biggest moment ever, and you just like look at it, and there's nothing. Well, the thing is though, mm-hmm. with those kind of cars that are so downforce related and so high performance, you know, a P one. I mean, we'll get onto the P one stuff in a minute. Yeah. But like, you know, a, a moment like that is a big moment. You know, mm. if, if that car steps out 
even slightly out of line you are having a big moment de facto by the amount of speed you're carrying yeah, yeah 100%. so it's kind of like yeah you know you could you can throw a supercar car around but you do the same thing with an lmp1 car and it steps out it's stepping out 60 mile an hour quicker mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so it's yeah i, I, I can appreciate that 100 percent um so genetic juniors how, how did you do in that uh second in my first year yeah and then i won it in my second year Good. So uh, yeah. it went. It went from being on a. It was on a cut slick tire on the first year. Yeah. And it went to a slick, um, on, on in twenty twelve, which was strange really because, I think it was mainly because I think at the time Fiesta Juniors was like the main rival of the championship, which it still yeah. is. I think Fiesta Juniors still exists. Yeah. Um, and they'd gone slicks, so I think Fiesta were like, "Well, they gone slicks, we've gone slicks." Yeah, yeah. So um, that must have really overgripped <coughs> the car. It was like, silly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was. All that record still stand because the thing was like on rail, yeah, um, which it would be, and uh, yeah, it was it was a strange year really because uh, there was some good drivers in it. Then we had uh, a race against Senan Fielding, yeah, uh, a kid called Niall Murray who was the Irish Kiddie Racers Formula Ford, one of the Formula Ford best ones. So yeah, yeah, he's, a, he's really quick. Um, did he do Walter Hayes as well? Yeah, he did. I think yeah. he did well at that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and um, Andrew Watson, who's doing uh, WEC mm. in Aston, I think this year. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of quick kids in it, and um, it's tough. I think, um, you know, I think I had a good start to the year, um, and then uh, towards the end, uh, it was it was just sort of trying to be consistent. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. The championship, you're not always going for outright outright wins. Of course, you want to go and try and win every race. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you got to go like, all right, you know, send a bit quicker than me here. Yeah. We we just have. I'm I'm good mates with Senna now, but with that year, we used to crash into each other so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was literally, I think it was one occasion at uh, Rockingham. Um, I think, have you raced at Rockingham? Uh, no, no. Never have. I've I tested know. there once. Yeah, but... you know the hairpin coming back up behind the pit? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's called Tarzan. And uh, he went down the inside and I got the cut back on it. No. Is this, I, the du- is this the double little complex before it cuts back? It's, the, it's, it's literally right, the back straight right behind the pits coming back up to the last yeah. chain. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And he got a cut back on me uh, coming out of there and he tried to squeeze me. And I was like, I'm not backing up. So, <laughs> it, it, the, school, the school pit lane was like right there. And, uh, and I was like, I'm not backing up. I'm not backing up. So I, I, stayed, I stayed there and, uh, and he kept coming. And then I'm basically just trying. Well, he, he steered himself around on, on my front bumper. I haven't actually never. I don't think we've actually spoken to him about it. He literally. Senan, if you're listening to this, <laughs> jump yourself on the podcast and give your give your opinion. <laughs> and he literally spun himself into the wall and took all his front bumper off. And we were literally one two in the championship. And I was like, not fit. So I went back down to seventh and came back through to third, I think, in that race. And he was like, I think it's coming to pits. Yeah. So I was like, points the championship season. <laughs> turned him round on for the champs <laughs> then the next day he, I was it, we were one two and he was, and I was leading and uh, he came to the first corner he made it onto the end of year championship highlights and just basically drove me off the track I think he was just like I'm getting you back yeah. so he literally just went into turn one and we just didn't he just didn't steer and just tried to force me so far wide and I was like fair enough but we used to we, I don't think we got on at all that year yeah um, but ever, since, ever since then I think We've done a lot of coaching and instructing together, and it's it's been cool since then. But he comes across a really nice lad. Yeah, yeah. Right. So he's he's quite local to here as well. He's yeah, yeah. I met, I met with I met him once at well I, that that god awful day at Brands, the mm. track day with like twenty one red flags. Kelly's looking at me now like, don't talk about that day. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, I met him then, and he was yeah he was a nice nice lad then. But yeah, I think uh, yeah I can I can relate to that though when people. People are like not wanting to speak to each other. At the end of the day, it's a competitive environment. Yeah. So you know you don't 
you know you don't want to give anything anything away and when you're still when you're 14 15 years old and you're chasing that formula one mm. sort of dream which at the time i was like you know i'm, I'm gonna be a formula one driver and um he probably thought the same and we were just like you know you, you want to win every, every single yeah, battle yeah. on the track it's like mm. personal isn't it so you want to win it yeah um and i i don't expect to win that yeah just sort of like you know. And just well, kids with no sense of value of money. Oh yeah, and then we just like crashed into everything. You're not paying the bill. No, <laughs> Kelly being the ever-present voice of reason. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Apparently, if, um, if, if we ever if we ever have kids in the now, this is the first conversation. Is. So they're not, they're <laughs> this not, is moving fast. They're not going racing. Well, this will be a first on racing. Mars is going to be a. Uh... No, they're not. They're not <laughs> racing. They're playing tennis. It's cheaper. <laughs> That's why I often say to people, I'm just like, I wish I was good at chess. <laughs> like just something like doesn't cost anything. Like, I wish I was good at that, but no. my know. dad was always like, "You can take up tiddly winks or something like that." And just do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, "No, I really want to do this race." Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it. Yeah, I mean, I'm 36 years old, and I still get. You know, I still have. I've I've got to find one driver on the grid that pisses me off, like to motivate me. I just even if it's just, even if it's someone I'd never even see for the entire season. Oh yeah. Um. And um, who, I, I, who is it? Come last year it, w- it was Adam. Um, Adam Small. Yeah, yeah, and he's a lovely kid, and oh, I love yeah, Adam, yeah. and I think he's a great lad. Um, so, like, but that was it, it wasn't anything personal at yeah. all. Um, but he was, he's yeah, he was your coming. Main rival. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, well, he was, he was coming into. I mean, let's face it, he was faster than me throughout the um, the, the stages of the year, and you know, he's, he's. I would put him down as a favourite for this year. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think he's. I think he's got. He's got it. Um, he had some outstanding. He was drives very strong last at the end of last year. Wasn't he? Oh yeah, he was. He was outstanding in any any condition as well. Whereas I never quite boxed that off. Um, but he's. You know, f- from my perspective, he was. He was coming in as Jeanette junior champion or no? He, no, he won the scholarship, didn't he? Yeah, or, no, I think he won the championship as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he won the won the scholarship. Won the championship. Then did so. GT, GT five after that, didn't he? That was it. Yeah, yeah. That, so that was it. He did GT five, um, and that was kind of. I was like, okay, well, he's coming in and he's new to the championship. And mm-hmm. Sam was t- Sam Tomlinson. Um, anyone who doesn't know Sam, he's the sales director at, uh, or sales head of sales at Genetta. All, all round good egg. All round good egg. Yeah, he's a good lad, even though he's thinning on top and he refuses to cut his hair off. So I'm not going to call him that tomorrow. Get. Yeah. Yeah, Sam, you've been told, get your hair off tomorrow. Kelly said it. Um, <laughs> I'm not commenting. I'm hanging on. <laughs> um, I think we had this conversation last time. Yeah, yeah, we did. About your hair. Yeah, yeah. Charlie, so anyone, like, nobody can see this right now, but Charlie really is holding on for dear life here, like, on the receding hairline front. Like, it's just, it's starting to disappear, like, up the sides. And he's like, no, it's not happening. It's up not the happening. Side. He's, got, he's got a couple it's, of grey hairs. No. It's going to turn into an island, mate, let's be honest. What do you mean? What's an island? Like, like the. Do you reckon? I think that bit's going first. Like the teardrop. Oh, that is going first. That's what you mean. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. And he's got a couple of grey hairs. You won't let me plug that. I might. I might go to Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> he just come back with plugs. Yeah. Um, no, but Sam. Sam was kind of t- chatting to me about it before the season started last year, and obviously we, you know, we didn't have a very strong start to the season, and he was like, "Well, you know, where do you want to put yourself?" And I, I told him he was like, "Just, you know, blend yourself into it gently, because you know he's done all the circuits, he's done all this, and I was like, well, that's my target, and all the rest of it. But you yeah. know, to keep myself motivated, I think that's important, because mm. um, otherwise you kind of you roll around and you're satisfied with a fifth or a sixth place, yeah, and I mean, it's I, not. Yeah, I mean, I don't, that's right. I mean, we were discussing that earlier. Wasn't we being satisfied with anything other than being the fastest, which mm. is something in my, you know, I I cannot 
you know, even even at the weekend in British GT, like when we when they had that puncture, I was so annoyed. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like genuinely on the verge of tears because it's just not understandably like, you're leading leading by what, what was it fifteen seconds? Or yeah, something, no, or but like? it's just it's just like that. So I think that want to always win. And yeah. I think it's sort of burns deep inside, isn't it? Really, that sort of thing. I mean, I've, if I'm not fastest on a day, or you know, not Mike and I have been testing, and Mike's faster than me, it's like why you know that's not that's not okay yeah you know, yeah for me anyway i don't know it's just like no i can yeah i can completely relate to that i think yeah last year it was like first two rounds were pretty much a write-off so mm-hmm. i came at round three thinking my championship starts here mm-hmm. um obviously that that was alton park and that was the first race win wasn't it uh second place um I you got, oh yeah so we, we, we went it was a bit of a weird one at alton because the guys had taken the car from the previous team we had it with Oh, yeah, yeah. And it got completely oh. stripped uh, and basically rebuilt because it was just, it was hanging. Um, and um, they re- rebuilt it back up. And Nathan said to me before, and he goes, look, look, mate, we haven't had time to do everything, mm. um, but we've done all of the reliability things first. Oh, yeah. And then we tried to do roughly about 50% of the performance. And the was pretty hard on the car. As well, yeah, as well, e- exactly. So he was like, you know, we've, we've been double checking the chassis and everything. They, they picked up problems and, and kind of rectified it all. So I said, it's absolutely fine, mate. You know, stick a setup you know on the car that works, mm. um, and then I'll I'll deal with it. And you just tell me what you know. Tell me which way to drive it, and I'll I'll do my best. And and that's pretty much the way the weekend went. We started slow. We were hugely off the pace in practice because it was like um, it was like wet, then it was dry, then it was yeah, wet, it was, then it was dry. Quali was wet, wasn't it? Quali was was wet and then kind of drying at the yeah. end and then we made a stupid like I, I tried to convince Nathan that I would stick stick me on some worn worn wets rather than put in like a gr- and it was just like a stupid decision it's, it's weird that because everyone thinks oh, I'll go on um, <clears throat> like warm wets but the new wet on a, on even on a drying track oh, it's, it's like way faster it's so like you, you get yeah. like a, it's it's almost like one a lap. slick in the way that it gives you yeah. like a one or a two lap window yeah and i was like holy shit like and i, I was just basically getting dropped in quality so i think yeah. i qualified like sixth or something fifth or sixth um and i remember the, the feeling was because at that point last year the only thing i'd seen of the six races i've done so far was getting off the line, getting a reasonable start, fighting for the first lap, because mm. I, I quite like the first lap of a race. Um, and I, seem, I always seem to be okay in that environment. Uh, and then basically just watching the guys drive away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just like, I've, I'm literally driving my nuts off here. Like, I'm trying not to overdrive it, but I'm yeah. also trying to drive it well, and I don't see how I can how I can go any further. And um, that was the big kind of revelation, like light bulb moment, where I got past the first two laps, and then nobody, yeah, I was still yeah. there, and I was yeah. just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I was just like, this is happening. "Eureka moment!" And like, I, I think I finished fifth. Like, I didn't yeah. even go forward, but I was right on Adam's tail. Like, I was pretty much nudging him into the hairpin because um, we had a real, a real advantage through the hairpin, and then mm. he would kind of pull the gap um, going through. Uh, I can't remember what what the chicane's called now. Nickerbrook. Nickerbrook, yeah, yeah. Um, so he would pull the advantage of Nickerbrook, then I kind of come come back at him a little bit through the later half of the lap. Yeah. Um, but we we were on him, and I jumped out of the car at the end, and Nathan was like, oh, "How do you feel?" And I was like, "Don't touch anything. Like it's leave it alone. it's awesome. Just leave <laughs> leave it alone. I'll race it like that tomorrow." Um, and I was I was really happy with it. Uh, and then yeah, the next the next day, Tom Hibbert turned into an Exocet missile and took out Will <laughs> Will Burns at the first corner. <laughs> pretty much just tried to your, your studio just falling in. apart. Oh, yeah. For God's sake, Charlie! Like literally, <laughs> you turn up and you you're destroying the studio. I'd send uh, a bill if I was you. Hey, things fall off the wall. I oh, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, I'll send him the bill. Um, non-stop free coaching for the rest of your life. Squidgy, um, it's really squidgy. 
Um, Kelly's um, literally playing with. I'm not. I was about to say playing with my, and then I was like, okay, going to stop with that. Um, but it looked like sort of mini pyramids. We've got yeah, we've, we've got the foam soundproofing that I've yeah. stuck up on the on the uh, race room on the studio wall, and Kelly's like, and it's all falling off. Yeah, it's all falling off. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that and that was basically it. Um, and then, yeah, I think Tom took out Will, and then um, Gus got through into third. Uh, or so, sorry, into the lead. Um, I followed him through. I think yeah. I got the drop on Adam on the left hand side, and then it was basically that's the way it finished. Uh, and ultimate like of those, and it's like if you can, as you said, make some place on the start, you can just stay there. Yeah. I mean, let's say yeah. when, I, when I raced there, when when I raced there in twenty fourteen in Supercup, it was the full layout. Yeah. Because the only year there was the full layout, and it mm. it was literally no overtaking because yeah. happens the only place you can overtake. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I, I think it was on pole, and I just basically just drove around. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly defended when I thought I had to, and that was it. Yeah, that was with racing against a guy called Carl Breeze at the oh, time, yeah, yeah. who was um, sort of the Ginetta legend at that mm. point, and uh, he was racing for United Autosports, and that was his HOC. And yeah, it was literally the same. He was, I think, he basically just white line it yeah, all yeah. the way around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you went from juniors to Super Cup, didn't you? Or did no, you go? I, I did a season of Formula Four. Oh, you did, yeah, sorry, you did, yeah, you did yeah. Four, so it? it was a championship called BRDCF Four. Um, which was brand new that season and uh, it was a new car and everything and it was um, it's now now what is British F3 yeah so it was basically that series um, and I finished second in that same car? Uh, no it was a previous iteration because the current F3 cars are rapid yeah right? it's a little bit off I'd say between the current F4 car yeah and the current F3 car yeah it's, it's quicker yeah, yeah. So, yeah it's still decent decent pace car um and that was that was a really that was a really hard year. Um, first season to single seaters, stayed with HHC, mm. um, worked with uh, my engineer Alan Muddleston. Um, again, so I've been working with him in F in GT4 Super Cup the yeah. previous year. He's a good guy, Alan. Yeah, well, he now um, engineers the car in British GT yeah, yeah. as well, and, and also runs Blythe and stuff. Hugely experienced guy. As well. Yeah, absolutely. I've, no, I've known Alan um, since since twenty fourteen, uh, since twenty thirteen. Only came to China with us. Yeah, and he came to China, which is mm. what they had a day on G1 car. So he's, yeah, it's sort of fountain of motorsport knowledge in that sense. Really. Yeah, yeah. So, um, someone I trust with my feedback. You know, you find, it's hard to find someone, I think, when you know, when you're giving feedback on a race car, that they know and how to translate it into something yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so he's one of those people. Yeah. Um, definitely. And uh, yeah, F4 was, was difficult. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like winning straight away. It was, I think Silverstone was the first round. Silverstone GP's never been a. a hugely successful track for me um, I think I finished fifth fifth and fourth in my first year racing um, in, in, F, in F4 there and then um, it was really Brands Indy which was round two where it all sort of clicked um, it was a supporting DTM race weekend which was like really cool yeah and um, that's when DTM still still raced on that circuit and uh, I think it was basically the way it worked was qualifying was where you started race one and then race two was reverse grid and then race three was the fastest lap in the race is determined when you start the race three. Okay. So I I ended up finishing second in race two, in race one, sorry. And then uh, reverse grid, I think I pulled eighth out of the hat. So mm. I had to start eighth. And I managed to claw back to third round. Brands Indian at four, which was That's difficult. That's decent, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To make five places in a single seater race was, was tough. And then I managed to get the fastest lap. So then I started on pole in mm. race three and then won race three. So it's like a hat trick of podiums. That's really good. Yeah. yeah, and it was like, right, okay, you know, this is working out quite well. Yeah. And I think it came out that second in championship. 
and they sort of stayed stayed there really for the rest of the year. Got, got a couple of wins at Snap, and then um, the last round at Donington, they went another couple of wins. Ended up second in championship, hmm. and then got selected for the McLaren Oxford Award. Yeah, uh, which was I was sixteen at the time, and that was high pressure. Yeah, I mean we were basically you know two day test, Silverstone, F two car, DTM car, McLaren GT three, and um, it was me, Seb Morris, uh, Jake Hughes, uh, Matt Parry, Kiko Chris Middlehurst, yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. Jack Aitken. Yeah. So there's some good names in, in there. Is it Jake that the uh, No, Matt won Parry it. won it. Um, Matt Parry did. Yeah, he was he was doing European Renault, I think, yeah. at the time. But he was a little bit older than me, mm. and he was sort of 19, 20 at the time. Yeah. And, yeah, it was a bit of a tough pill to swallow, because I think I did a really good job. Mm. Um, but in a, in a strange way, I mean, the, the prize for it, you know, to put it in perspective, was a McLaren F1 test. Yeah, yeah. And, and 100 grand. So it was like... Yeah, you know, at that point, it was well worth it. Really. A dream, wasn't it? Really, to yeah. do that. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, they, they they made the announcement, so you had no idea. So they do it at the end of the year, and then they announce it at the Oxford Awards, which comes right at the end of the you know, I think it's September time, isn't it? Oxford Awards. Yeah, and um, you sat there on a night, and yeah, it's like drum roll and everything. It's like back to the final, and then you don't win. It's like great. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to go home. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, that was a little bit of a, a hard one to take. But then actually what that made happen in my career was going back to GTs. Yeah. Because otherwise I think I would have gone down the single-seater route, which may or may not have panned out the way I wanted it to in terms of budget and everything like that. So yeah. I think it's almost a little bit of a poison chalice if you don't have the the next level of budget to go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because um, then you just kind of get forced down that route and run you, out of money. You see so many kids like doing really, really well. Mm. Um, you know, who was it? Um, who was it who ended up going uh, WEC GTs GT route, and he was right up at the top in F F two. Um, can't remember who it was. It Alex Lynn. Yeah, Alex Lynn. Um, yeah, Alex Lynn did a lot of single seaters, and I mean, now, he was uh, Williams Reserve. Yeah. at one point, wasn't he? And yeah. it's kind of like, I, to be quite quite honest, I sometimes it annoys me the the single seater stuff mm, mm. um like not in a way that i don't understand it like i, I understand the want to go yeah. f1 or indycar or go across the pond and do that and you know i understand that but there, there are so many awesome championships out there yeah, there are yeah. so many like wc is like i personally i think elms wec the Le Mans mm. route is i i feel there is the biggest spread of world-class drivers in that championship 100%. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's becoming more and more obvious now in the press that, you know, you can buy a seat in Formula One. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's unfortunate, it's damaging the sport. Um, I, think, I think that's the thing. I think when you look at those championships, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to race in them as well. Yeah, the, the, the caliber of driver mm-hmm. in, the, in the pro classes are, you know, pretty insane. I'm actually just watching Kelly talk. I'm, not, I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, this is <laughs> like strangely therapeutic. It feels really nice. Like, mas- yeah. Massaging the soundboard. Like, <laughs> the <laughs> soundboard. Yeah, yeah. I thought your table was raising a little bit there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Uh, are you talking <laughs> single seat route? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think it's kind of one of those, yeah, as I said, I think it's a bit of poison towers unless you've really got the, the sort of knowing you're going to go all the way yeah i think the kids that go all the way there's already a plan in place yeah if you know what i mean yeah from, yeah. from day dot hmm. so yeah i mean i think i'm i'm lucky to have forged a career in what i'm doing at the moment really happy hmm. racing all, all over the world and yeah of course i want to i want to progress it further and and try and 
get a, you know in a proper proper program mm. but i mean you know it's it's so hard it's a real hustle and, yeah you know i think that's the it's, but there's a lot of drivers making careers in championships like WEC and elms and other things so. mm. yeah yeah i can yeah i can relate to that it's definitely mm. a hustle um so you went from f4 then to super cup after that didn't yeah you? Back to super cup yeah okay and that was um 2014 14 14 yeah so that would have been that was my first year super cup um and actually the prize for winning juniors was a car was it was a use of a car yeah um and so you had so you had that already and, and sort of said can we put it on ice right okay and yeah, yeah. lawrence very you know very kindly said yes and so we came back in 2014 and said look we've tried that tried a single seater route don't think it's going to work yeah this is what we want to do and then um yeah went went for it really mm. and the first round again wasn't much now i can tell why we did quite well the first round <laughs> um, i think you did I, I think you did quite well throughout the year mate, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... no, we, um, i think i had a third a first and a retirement but it was going to be a two wins and a third but mm. basically this guy on the reverse grid race i was going down the inside of him for the lead down the pit straight and he decided that the best idea for someone overtaking down the pit straight of Brands Hatch would be to turn right into your front wheel. Who was that? A guy called Sean Hyten. No, never I, I, I think he raced gearbox carts and a bit of GT5 before that. Yeah. And yeah, he basically just drove into the side of me and ripped all the spokes out of my front wheel and his back wheel. Oh, I see. That, that's a photo you showed me, um, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, 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 so both instant instant punctures, which ended the both our races. So it's a that's bit... that's rare for a gearbox guy to do that as well because yeah. they have contact in a long circuit like that's like life threatening for yeah, those guys. Yeah. So that's surprising. And I think he knew I was there because I'd gone down the inside of him into the corner. Well, you, you've got yeah. a ton of GT car on that. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of I was I was annoyed about that really at the time, um, but still. Still are by the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean I can still. <laughs> I've got a really good photographic memory, and I can picture. So. There are things that I still get annoyed about, about in, in racing. There well, yeah, I still get annoyed about Senna Field in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Senna, get yourself on the show. Siri <laughs> gets annoyed about me. Yeah. Um, but no, that 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 was a, that was the first round, and then literally, just yeah, I think we had a, a run of six pole positions after that. Yeah. In a row, which I still think, you know, don't want to sound like a bit of a knob, but I think that's still the, still the right. Yeah, it's right up there. Yeah, I think that's one of the. One yeah, of the yeah. So, that that year went really well. Um, won the championship. So you can't really have won any better, yeah, yeah. Honest, So, and that was first year in the championship, and then um, yeah, I was quite happy with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know it wasn't one of those. It's one of those things where you kind of. I've always gone in with not much expectation in yeah. terms of like, oh, I want to finish third, or I want to finish fifth, or I want to win it. It's just sort of we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And that's always been what I'm like. Even at the weekends, it's kind of like, oh, you know, how, how are you going to get on? I know what's, what's going to happen, and what's your plan for this session? And it's just kind of like. Know. yeah just go out just go fast come just back, go out come back and talk then yeah relax <laughs> do a job and then that's it and see where you end up and yeah. that's the best way to go about it because you put too much pressure on yourself think about it too much and the one thing i know about racing is never goes how you plan it yeah yeah you know you literally oh i can't look like one i'm going to overtake this person here and this person here it's just you can't plan it yeah, ne- yeah it never ever goes how you think there's a military terminology for that called no plan survives first contact with the enemy right <laughs> so it's, it's exactly that yeah. you know you can't you, you can plan as much as you like mm. but it's always the thing that you haven't planned for that tends to happen yeah um but yeah, yeah exactly. i can be guilty for that as overthinking mm-hmm. a lot of stuff um massively um i think there's a there's a i think there's a line where you can mentally prepare yourself yeah, to a certain extent preparation isn't there i think yeah. being physically pre- prepared uh, for me, it's just knowing that I've done a good amount of exercise in the weeks leading up. I feel like I'm in the right frame of mind mm. in terms of, you know, I do a lot of running 
So I'd say I want to, you know, I want to say this race week, I want to do four four runs up until sort of Thursday and then Friday, you know, we want to run on Friday with race weekend. But just knowing that I've made that sort of preparation in my head. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think that's the biggest thing. It might not be any physically fitter. Yeah. But I think it's just having that, you know, you've done it. Mental mindset is everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. Absolutely. Um, so you won the championship in GT4. When, yeah. when did the... When did the relationship with Janetta start? Because obviously you're a Janetta factory driver. Yeah. Um, so when did that start? So, yeah, I came from GT4 and in 2015, uh, I, Lawrence, um, this is the first year of LMP3. Right. And they made, a, they, I think they launched at sort of end of, they, they made their sort of intentions clear in 2014 that they were going to do it. Uh, and then we got a call start of 2015 that Nissan were wanting to get involved. Because mm-hmm. um, that was at the time, sort of height of their GT Academy. That's when Chris Hoy was involved yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then that's when they were doing all that sort of, you know, the, when they were getting started the, the PlayStation, you know, the Grand Turismo thing. Yeah. Where the the PlayStation drivers were getting funded seasons and like Ian Mardenborough, yeah. Wolfgang Wright, people like that who were quick drivers. Yeah. Um, so they they were they were they were funding that as well. Um, and I think Chris had just done British GT the year before in the Nissan GTR. Yeah. So he he'd had already a bit of race experience, and yeah, it was basically. Chris, they want Chris to do LMP3. You know, it was still it was subsidised, still a budget to bring. Mm. Um, so you know, it, but it was very similar to a supercut budget yeah. for a season of LMS. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, know, let's do it, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then there was a second car with a guy, a kid called Gaetan Palatou. He was a French guy. Quick. Yeah, he did supercut as well, didn't he? He did. Mm. Um, that year, because he's getting a bit more experience mm. racing. Um, but he, that was his first ever race season of anything. Mm. So uh, he'd done that Grand Turismo GTA Academy thing. Yeah. Uh, and he was teammates with Mike. And um, yeah, that was that was an interesting year because Chris was fairly new to racing. Mm. Obviously. Chris you know, Hoy, you talked about. Yeah, Chris yeah. Hoy, com- you know, complete legend of sport, mm. anything British sport. And you could tell from just the way he approached things. And I, I think from that respect, he was, although he, you would never know um, that from where he speaks and stuff, and then the way he approaches it, you know, he's, Olymp- he's Olympic champion, or, you know, Britain's most successful, successful Olympian, and just approached it like it was something completely new. Mm. And that, I think that's the best way to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, really wanted to learn, really wanted to know everything about it. Mm. Um, obviously brought some a lot of his own... Um, mindset to it which i think helps a lot when yeah. you're racing in a, in a sport like cycling so it was a real good combination yeah um, and he was he was actually really bloody quick yeah in in you know i think red bull ring he was within it within a sort of second mm. of pro of, of my pace yeah so you know it made us a real force to be reckoned with in that series i've, I've raced chris in um in caterham 420r yeah so when i did um actually those two races um yeah. there i did a did a Around at Spa and around at Silverstone, the first round, um, raced him, raced him on both of me. A lovely bloke, really, really yeah. nice guy. Yeah. Um, you know, had, he always had time for people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people come up and chat to him. He's always, always happy to chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. we still keep in contact nowadays, and although it was six years ago, now, yeah, which is crazy. I know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I was, I think I just turned seventeen, mm. seventeen, eighteen. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a, a baptism of fire doing that, and, and I think. Uh, Remember my race seat. It was the seat insert. He had he had the base seat, and I had the seat insert, of course. And then uh, <laughs> and just it, a monster of a bloke. Yeah, and <laughs> my seat was like a child's baby seat. It was massive. <laughs> I'd like carry it in at the pit stops. <laughs> I walk up with it, and I think one of my legs was the size of well, two of his legs were like the size of the whole the entire seat. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, 
He's a yeah, he's a big guy. He's, he's actually lost a you know, I think at that point he only just sort of stopped cycling. Yeah. Um sort of in the year year prior. Mm. So he was still very sort of bulky. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of power. They have to be careful as well when yeah. they when they stop all of a sudden, like um, mm. you know, because I've I've done a lot of performance coaching and stuff, and yeah, you know, your your top level athletes like your footballers or your rugby players that are, that are training day in day out, yeah, you yeah. Know, a lot of the time, even if they're you know not building up for a competition, they still have to train to make sure their body is ticking well, over in the, the right way. Calories he's consuming yeah. to to keep to keep his body like fueled yeah. when you're training is is like mental. Yeah, yeah, and then. If you just stop, then you can't keep consuming that amount, can you? So no, he has, no. he's, he's, he's trimmed down quite a lot now, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it looked like even even when he was racing four twenty R, it looked like recently because I, I met him at um I saw him at uh, when was it um the GTA day yeah he was there at Silverstone, yeah. yeah yeah but I saw him there again had a brief chat with him then and he looked like he'd he'd slimmed he'd slimmed then as well yeah. Yeah, yeah um but yeah if you do it too quickly it's actually quite dangerous um, oh, really? you know you can yeah. be you can be in a, in a bit of a world of hurt there but I mean he's he's a hugely intelligent guy with that he, he likes his mm-hmm. you know he likes his nutrition and, uh, and everything so I mean it's crazy the, the cyclist um in that sort of you know the, the Kieran events that he did and everything um and the indoor stuff and then you're saying that you know, get off the plane in say Tokyo or something, mm. and then they'd be limited to the amount of steps they could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Stay off your legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And just literally try and like, not use your legs. Yeah, yeah. For anything other than cycling. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Don't walk. Don't it's, do anything. Well, it's the same. They have a saying, don't they? They're just yeah. like never run when you can walk. Never walk when you can sit down. Never sit down when you can lay down. Yeah, yeah. You know, never lay down when you can sleep. <laughs> it's yeah, just exactly. like yeah. you know, as as little as you can do. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, as possible, really. Absolutely. So you did um, P three with Chris then. Yeah. And how'd you do in that? Won it. Won it outright. Yeah, won it. Won the European awesome. Le Mans series, uh, which was kind of not expected, but was very welcome mm, really yeah, at the time. And um, and that's really how it all happened. From there, it basically got to the yeah. After that, it was like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, Ginetta has been quite a focal point in my career mm. up until then, so it made sense to to try and do something with them. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, start twenty sixteen, I started working for Ginetta. Yeah. So that's where I've been since really awesome. since for the last five years. Yeah. Um, which is still seems really crazy to say that it's gone past really quick. Yeah. I look back on like memories on Instagram and stuff and it's like this day four years ago. I'm like, shit, that's four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um No, I can relate to that. You know, time does fly. Yeah, you know, when yeah. you're busy especially. Yeah, yeah. I mean we're you know, we're we're all busy. Um different track most days at the moment, isn't it? And mm. with coaching and racing and loads of stuff going on. So it's it's a it's a sort of a whirlwind of a sport isn't it really when you're doing like all that stuff and it does just pass you by I mean I did a whole season didn't do any racing last year obviously for, through COVID and stuff but a lot of coaching and I found that really enjoyable as well yeah. I actually really enjoyed uh, the coaching side of it which not something I've had really done much of before I've done a lot of sort of instructing of new people but not like one to one driver coaching yeah, of yeah. someone who's racing in say Ginetta Juniors and I re- I really really enjoyed watching someone else get results. Well. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a different way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. So, the LMP one program. Mm. When did you learn that that was going to happen, and and how how did you end up being brought into the loop? Um, twenty seventeen, it was announced that it was going to happen, and we were looking at doing it. <clears throat> and then towards the end of twenty seventeen, there was a press release that went out and said that Mama, Formula One, and put the, the you know the people that were former man, former man of Formula One um, were looking at doing it mm. and I was like oh, that's good that looks cool that's a pretty good program yeah and there was a picture of the car it was red at the time with the white stripes on it and stuff so full man livery and um, 
it got to sort of Christmas time and uh, I got a message from Lawrence and it said, well, you know, I'd like, like to put you in the car um, for the year. And I was like, cool, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, that would be like the understatement. Uh, yeah, if yeah. somebody called me with that, I'd, I'd just be like, okay, pinch me now. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of a bit, I'm always one of those people that like, I don't believe it until it happens. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of like, even with like British GT or anything I'm doing this season, it's like, until I'm at the first race. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I don't get my hopes up too much in that sense. So mm. I was kind of like, because I know what race racing is like. Someone comes along with two million quid, it's like, suddenly you're not, not, not as interesting anymore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of, you've got to kind of, it sounds kind of a bit, a bit sort of negative, but you've got, that's reality. Yeah, it is reality as well. Mm. But, um, yeah, so I think at that point I was like, right, okay, this is serious. I have to go to the gym, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to have to get a massive neck yeah. from somewhere. <laughs> you did look like that though, like yeah. when you when you were you racing um, WEC, you know, you mm. did you did look like you were a lot stronger. Mm. Um, I remember uh, seeing you a couple of times mm. in and out of the car, and I was thinking, yeah, kids put on put on some muscle. Right like, now, uh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, moving on. Um, so. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm like, um, I, yeah, I'm like, like a Kenyan now. Winning marathons. Yeah, winning marathons. I've got into that. Don't right. start that. Yeah, because yeah. he will actually go out and do one for fun tomorrow. Night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lockdown made me like running, which is something I never really liked before. So. Lockdown got me back into training, which was important. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I I needed that. Um, but so so Lawrence then called you said that. Uh, you know, th- this is likely going to happen. Yeah, um, and I'd like to, like you to drive it. Yeah, and then uh, it, the car got unveiled at Oxford Show twenty eighteen mm. in its chrome blue livery, and uh, it went a week later. It went to Aragon in Spain, and uh, I was there first test, first Jeez. person to drive it on the on the uh, on the circuit, and uh, the full manor team were there: Graham Loudon. Um, Dave Greenwood, who was uh, Kimi Raikkonen's engineer, Formula One, mm. and yeah, it was a pretty uh, surreal experience. I mean, I think for that whole season, I've been racing GT4 car. Yeah. So to go from GT4 to basically like not far Formula One. P1. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I did this. Uh, I did this like sort of two install laps, and I, I think I did a sort of three four lap run, and came in, and uh, they were like, "Oh, so how does it feel? Going to change gears? You know, what what what?" You're like, I've no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I can breathe. Like, my head's come off. I'm like hyperventilating. Just give me two minutes. I think I need to. Uh, just, like, have a, have a, I think I need to go to the bog and see what's going on. Yeah. And then I'll come back and have a go. Um, but li- literally, like, it was unreal that first test because I think uh, at the start of that engine it had the Mechacrum engine at the start, which was was not fast at Le Mans. But when it was unregulated on fuel, which we were at the start, because basically the way they equaled all the car was on fuel flow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the fuel flow they gave us for the Mon was terrible. We were really slow. But at the um, pre-season test, when it was when they had it unregulated, it was rapid. Mm. Um, so we were doing like 330, 340 kph down the straight. Jesus Christ! And uh, but then you just you get to it's like a long sweeper. It's just the last corner. It's like fifth gear. And you just like a tiny brake and down two and in. <laughs> and then you, so you 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 sort of the car goes one way. And all your internal organs get the other. Go, yeah, so it was like <laughs> it took a little bit of getting used to, and you have to really make sure you. And I know you like make sure your belts are tight, like when you get in any race car. Yeah. But in this, you had to make sure they were like literally about to like stop you from breathing before yeah. you went out because it was 
It was serious. Um, but the thing yeah. is with belts, they always they they always loosen off slightly when you start. Yeah, when absolutely. you start going, so yeah, yeah. And when you get in that, and it's like a fight jet. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to be strapped into this thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was cool, and then we did. There was the whole manner thing went a bit strange. Um, with the, they had a Chinese funding, and then basically that never the money never showed up, and then it all right. it all sort of went down the toilet. Um, with the original car, we did we did Le Mans, um, as a two car effort. That was in twenty. It was in 2018 2018. As well. So yeah. basically, we didn't do anything in WEC other than other than Le Mans. Yeah. Um. So it was a little bit of a what could have been sort mm. of um sort of race, but we also found that the the engine wasn't fantastic. That no, you struggled on that front, didn't you? Yeah. Mm. We were slower than LMP two cars on a straight line. Jeez. So it was a little bit of a slog for twenty four yeah. hours, having to like tow off LMP two cars and stuff to try and get any sort of lap time. Yeah. Um. So it was kind of like we were in sort of a, a half class, effectively. We were sort of between LMP2 and LMP1. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did finish the race, so that was nice. Uh, and it was cool to come across the line. I, I took the car across the line, which was mm. as a sort of goal from, you know, since going to the moment in, when I was like 15, 14. Mm. It was like, okay, that was that was always what I wanted to do with race yeah. there. So it was kind of a dream realised from that perspective. But of course, you want to win. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And then, and then the car sort of went, it went dead for a few months. Didn't it really? It was sort of six, seven months of nothing from the car, and we didn't really didn't drive it, and then what due to the, the kind of problems with yeah, with funding then, then or the end, the, yeah, the, that that was a bit of it, and I think the engine we sort of knew it wasn't very competitive, so the, the they didn't we didn't want to race it, hmm. and then the opportunity came up to to put the AER engine in, yeah. which was um, a twin turbo V six, uh, which was in the SMP cars, hmm. so the Russian entry. Quick cars as well, yeah, the SMP really cars. Yeah, really quick. So that, that was exactly the same motors went in the in the Ginetta hmm. and that Transformer car. Yeah. It was like a rocket ship. Well, you had the fastest speed trap ever at Le Mans yeah. on the... Oh, that was the SMP that had that. On the chicane, and then you... Didn't you guys take that, though? I think we or? had it at um, Fuji. I think Fuji, that was Fuji. it, yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, it was a fast thing in a straight line. Yeah. Um, so then that basically reignited the whole thing. Mm. And um, then 2019... 20, which is what it was going to be, wasn't it? Uh, we we entered WEC, mm. did Silverstone, uh, Fuji, Shanghai, Bahrain, and then COVID struck. Yeah. And then sort of all went a bit quiet again. After yeah. That. yeah. Uh, Le Mans was going to happen, and it didn't, and it just it yeah. I think I can understand the reasons why it didn't happen in terms of you know, a lot of the staff that were running the cars were also factory staff. Yeah. Uh, on furlough or also trying to build cars, so to. To do it would have been quite difficult in terms of getting them all back um, yeah. without quarantine and everything. So yeah, it, it made sense not to go. I understand that, but to race that car in that season against the Toyotas and be competitive mm. was like epic. Well, that was the thing. It kind of, I remember chatting to, I think it was Sam I was chatting to at the time, yeah. and then I, I remember seeing you at the circuit as well. Mm. Um, I think it was the first time I met you at the circuit, and I was just chatting about. Because that's when you were about to do Super Cup. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and it was a conversation we were having based around that. And it was based around, you know, are you going? Are you not going? You, mm-hmm. you know, what what's your thought process? You're pretty open and honest about it then. You were like, don't know. You know, it, it could happen. We're not quite sure yet. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking when I came away from that, I was like, it'd be such a massive shame if it doesn't happen because mm-hmm. it looks like it's if the Ginetta's going to do well, this is going it's to be the shot. season, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and I think we did we did prove the car in a way. Mm. Um, you know, led the race at Shanghai and put mm. fastest lap in. Yeah, yeah. And I was I, was, I remember, obviously, like took took the lead at the start, 
looking in the mirror, there's no one there. Yeah. They've all gone. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> safety car. Did I start the race too early? What's happening? Yeah. Um, I missed some yellows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then yeah, we just checked out and it was it was sweet. Mm. Like, that was really good. And yeah. I remember Mike saying to me, he was in the garage with Guy, the old teammates with Guy Smith at that race as well. And uh, they were looking at each other in the carriage going, we've got to get in next. <laughs> yeah, we've got to continue this. <laughs> this is uh, this is looking good. I like, almost felt like, yeah, what's happening? And uh, but no, that 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 race was really cool because you know, you're racing against some top drivers, sort of like Kobayashi, um, Nakajima, mm. all those people. And I think we used to get so frustrated with that because we had so much straight line speed, and they were ridiculous off the corners with that hybrid. Yeah, yeah. And I think you used to basically just like actually just keep doing them back they'd pass it off a corner we'd just do them straight back on the straight yeah. and it got to the stage where they'd be like sticking middle fingers up out of the window <laughs> to be like <laughs> flying past us and the thing is that that pisses me off it's just like what what, what do you think you're going to do yeah. like you're racing for position you're racing a posi- in a position you haven't been in before it's just like you're not just going to move over and wave them by like, no, no, I you was know, like, drop your ego and fucking race hard yeah exactly like, yeah, I was like right come on come on Kamui let's go <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was a, it was an, it was a funny funny year um, in that sense, but because it was so weird because you didn't actually have to have a complete and overtaking maneuver because it was just so different the way the cars worked. Yeah. So you know they just pass you on the exit, you pass them on the straight, and it would kind of be like trying to make. Then if you got caught in traffic, it would be horrendous because they just fly past you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was it was difficult, but it was good fun. I often I often remember watching that that race and thinking the the hybrid gives you just so much more options, even mm. if you don't have the top end. Mm. That's why it's so good in traffic. At the yeah, heart. yeah. You just have you, you have that button just to be able to push and you're away, and it's kind of that's that's why you know when you see, say like the SMP car which I had fastest lap at Le Mans in 2019, mm. um, and compared to the Toyota, um. The Toyota just because it's how good it is through traffic. Yeah. You know, it literally it gains half a second every car, or whatever, and it make that's what makes them always have even if they're not the fastest over a whole lap, they always get a gap because of the way they work the traffic. Yeah, yeah. Every time. Yeah. No, interesting. I didn't think about it that way. That, mm. Yeah, it makes sense. Um that year you you had a coming together with Bruno Senna, wasn't <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I thought, yeah, yeah. And he was pretty I thought he was pretty over the top, like yeah, um, he was a bit grumpy about it. Critical, and he and the thing is, is I like up until that point, I always thought quite highly of him. I still, I still do to a certain are you extent. On, are you on Team Charlie then? There, I was at that point. Yeah, oh, thanks, yeah, because I, cause I, I remember thinking like, because like, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure that I'm sure I'm going to get some of this wrong, but it was was it Bahrain? It was Bahrain. Yeah, so you went into turn one. We were second on the grid. Yeah, second on the grid. So you're going to fight for position at the yeah, end of the day. It's not like the rebellion wasn't the best in a straight line either, so we had an advantage. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like you you're doing a hail mary out of no. nowhere. Um, and I th- from what I can remember, you did you try and go around the outside at turn one and then hold it on the inside for two, for... which is a left kink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he basically just chopped your nose off. No, or... it was basically we got cold brakes at the start, and I was like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do him. He's gonna you know it's the one shot. I think Lawrence said to me, like, just go for it. And I was like, cool. I will. <laughs> Free reign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was just kind of like, right, okay. We missed pole by a tenth, so it was kind of like that was the opportunity to get pole. Um, so I wanted to lead the race. Mm. And the car was good. I, I felt good in the car that week. Mm. And um, got a good start. And, yeah, was sort of side by side with him. I'm not going to like that again. God, you're ruining yeah. the <laughs> But, yeah, you start side by side, wet, rolling start. I was on the left, he was on the right. Turn one's a right-hander hairpin, and uh, I got the, I got a sort of good run in up there, outbraked him, and then was actually on the inside, took a kink to mm. the left, 
and he it's was a perfect position. Yeah, right? he was like, I, you know, I'd let you have it, mm. and I was like, no, that was when we spoke afterwards, and yeah, basically, I didn't take into account the how much anti like how much like boost the thing had, and I just went. What your car? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And went what and just like. Uh, like the right. touch controls didn't catch me. Yeah. And I was uh, everything was still a little bit cold. So basically I went to throttle and it just like lit up. Yeah, yeah. And like I mean nine hundred and whatever horsepower. Yeah. Three of that wheels. And it just like sent me. Sent me like west pretty yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was yeah. like literally and the steering wheel was like a rectangle, so it's not exactly the easiest thing to try and save. And I was literally broadside across the track well the thing is though you were trying to save it but you were also trying to avoid well, bruno at the same the, time he's trying to save it is so, what hit bruno yeah yeah so my rear end of the wing end plate is what hit his rear wheel yeah so it wasn't like front wheel to back wheel yeah it yeah. was like this side the end of my car like the wrong end of my car yeah, hit his yeah. car so yeah. it wasn't like yeah i'd like just driven the side of him i was like i said to him i was out of control like i, I was like Mm. Just you actually saved me, thanks. Yeah, so you, we actually like hitting you for corrected me, <laughs> which I'm sure he loved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he was all right because the next day was the WEC um, end of, end of like year party. Yeah. Um, in the in the Sopper style bar, and it was a really cool event. Like they had this uh, like sort of Harry Potter style banquet thing going on. Yeah. Um, which was really nice, and uh, I just went. I said, just went to the booking because I was I actually spoke to him after the race. Yeah. And I just said, sort of, you know, not he was with all the rebellion guys and just said look mate I didn't mean it it was like a, you know it was a misjudgment and I didn't quite realise how much the yeah. car was I didn't, wasn't expecting to step out and, and that was it really so I think he obviously had gone to Oxford and stuff before that saying like yeah yeah Charlie Robertson ruined my race and all that stuff and I, I think I can, I can understand I mean like you know Bruno's obviously a hugely successful driver and yeah, yeah. you know very very good at what he does and, uh, and all the rest of it and you know, he, he comes across very well as well. And I can understand people getting, you know, annoyed and emotional af- after a race. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah. when it's an eight-hour race, I did get it. Because, you know, basically the move was done. And it was just a sort of, yeah, just that fraction of a second too, too early. Yeah. A little bit. TC just didn't quite kick in when I expected it to. And then that was it. Mm. So at that point, then you've just gone from, like, right, how am I going to, like, mm. not make this a massive accident? Yeah. So it's, yeah. And I think I've just about saved a little bit of end plate damage. And that mm. was it. Um, but actually, it paved the way for Mike to end up in, I think, second. So I think he came through from like fifth to second and then was back in the Toyotas for the whole stint. So I think he quite enjoyed that. Good lad. Yeah. Good lad. Um, overall, what was your kind of lasting impression on the P1 car? Like, other than obviously it being like awesome bit of kit and all the rest of it. Mm. Like, was it was it a difficult car to drive or was it was it kind of a... Yeah, it was hard. Yeah. Physical, really mm. physical. Um, Someone like Silverstone absolutely broke broke all of us. I mean, just the the sheer you nowhere else really. Like I, I did, I did think I did the most laps of anyone at Fuji, for example, and I felt okay afterwards. Mm. Um, and that was out of the whole wet field. You know, I did, I think I did two and a bit hours in the car. Yeah, and it was nice, but Silverstone was brutal. I mean, but you're always doing something at Silverstone. Yeah, right? and there's no rest. Mm. Uh, I couldn't even hold my head up like through the corner to the national straight. Yeah, and it was just like felt insane. Um, but as a car itself, it was yeah, just yeah. I don't I don't know how to say it. I think it's just sort of like what could have been. Really. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, I see it sat at work in reception. You go, yeah, that was awesome, and it was privileged to be part of it. Privileged to be part of the fastest sports car racing ever. Mm. But you also feel like a bit of unfinished business. Yeah, yeah. As well, at the yeah. same time. 100%. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, hundred percent. I can understand that. Um, yeah, obviously, like you said, it's it's got a lot slower now. Mm. Um, 
you know, what what do you make of the new rules with with WEC and how they've gone with it? I think it will bring the manufacturers back in, which is what it needs. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, for that sort of level of the sport and for the you know, for the fan base and everything, I think it needs that sort of you know your, your Porsches, your Ferraris, mm. um, and everything to be back in the back in the fold. Yeah, it, you know, because I think when I was sort of younger watching Le Mans, it, at that point it was Audi, Peugeot, yeah, uh, Toyota, that sort of that sort of era, mm. and you didn't actually know who was going to win. Yeah, whereas I think when it the last couple of years when it's been Toyota and privateers. Kind you, of you got an idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah. unless Toyota have a massive fuck up, yeah, it's you know, so it's the results are given, isn't it? Really, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah, which they never really did because they were not under pressure either. Mm. You know, so they they weren't under pressure to win, so they didn't have to stretch their strategies or anything really to win. That's the thing. If you yeah. like the first couple of laps and weather permitting and all the rest of it. First couple of laps, if they got out in front, you're just like, okay, right, let's watch the yeah, GTs. Yeah, we'll back in in six hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or just, I'd just be like, yeah, GTE, let's just yeah, watch GTE Yeah, and GTE nowadays is not, yeah. the grid's not massive now. No. GTE and the best class, I think. Yeah, well, it was last year. Yeah, yeah. P2's very good, but... P2's um, always been excellent, though, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's been, always been very, very popular. Yeah, they, they, they just need the, uh, need the manufacturers back in that top class, mm. mm. Yeah, agreed, agreed. A um, couple of quick-fire questions, then. Mm. Biggest accident... No, it's a bit... <laughs> I don't know. Whether or not... I've had two. Whether or not it's your fault or not. quite recent. Um, the biggest one I like was probably Formula Renault. I did a test in 2013, end of 2013, start of 2014. And at Jerez, had brake failure. Nice. They've both been brake failure. Um, I went under the wall, turned two at Jerez. And, um, under the wall? Um, yeah, it was like Jeez. a tyre wall. And I sort of... You know, in a single seat, you sort of like become a bit of a spear. Yeah. Yeah, I just kind of went into the tire and sort of oh, landed on top of me. And it cut on my neck and stuff. It cut on my neck open. I don't know what it was. Like the seatbelts, like, when I went forward in the seatbelts, it, like, yeah. cut on my neck. Um, that was quite a big one. Um, mainly because it was just quite unexpected. And I didn't really... But I don't know. I've, I've never had to, like, any huge, huge crashes. Like, mm. touch wood. Yeah. What was your most recent one, Charlie? My most recent one was at Thruxton about three weeks ago. <laughs> doing some junior testing. This is what you told me about. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I had brake failure going to the last chicane. And that was pretty bad as well. That, that was much. like an almighty one though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was just sort of like, oh no, I've got no brakes. I think and it was a little bit more than, oh no, I've got no brakes. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like, like... me to tell me, but instead of saying, hi Kelly, I'm okay, but you... <laughs> I said, I nearly died. <laughs> you basically said the whole thing. And I'm just sat there like. Are you in the, in the in ambulance you, or? Are you alive? <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. And then, and then um, yeah, that, that was probably one. That does, I think that's a massive one. I've had some, I went to the medical centre in Bahrain, isn't that? Just I before I got my contact lens lost in my eye. <laughs> that was genuinely like, that's just the most I've shot myself in a long time. <laughs> I was just uh, rubbing my eye about 20 minutes before qualifying. Wait, it rolled back, did it? Or? Yeah, it just like went inside my head. <laughs> I was just like, this is not necessary. <laughs> so then I went into um, to the medical centre in Bahrain. They didn't speak in English. They like shut me out of the little yeah, ward. Yeah, they took Kelly away. And I was like, what's, what's going to happen? Took Kelly away for to be admitted. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is going on? And then they got this item that like, basically peeled your eye back. It was horrendous. It was no anaesthetic. Well, not anaesthetic. Yeah, I can't get anaesthetic. But it's basically what looked like like a sort of forceps thing. Oh, that, like went around your eyeball and like pe- peeled your oh, eyelids back. Oh, God. Mm, no like, way. This is really not what I had in mind for my no. sort of pre-quality preparations was some sort of 
you know, Bahrainian doctor. <laughs> like poking his forceps in your eye. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Kind of fish out of contact lens. And it was like all these like student doctors like watching around. Oh, that's the worst thing when you get. Yeah. When I go to the doctor and they're just going, oh, we've got some students <laughs> yeah, to do to take your blood. Do you mind? Like there's like eight yeah. people in there. <laughs> and I was panicking. I was, like, <laughs> led there with my, I think I had like my balaclava hat on. I was just like, what's happening to me? Was so. it, um, it Jamie? Um, Oh, Christ. You're Jamie. No, no, no yeah. Jamie at Janetta. Um, yeah, Jamie Robinson was uh, telling us a story the other day. Jamie, you've told us this in public, so this is going out live now. You, you just got to accept it. Um, he was saying about obviously he's had the snip recently, isn't he? Oh, Do you remember that the other I've time? heard this story. And yeah. he said he said he was he had the snip with with the doc. It's meant to be a non-intrusive, non-invasive procedure. I don't see how it ever can be. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah. So you sat there with your legs up in the air and basically your balls hanging out. Um, so I'm like, how's, how's, how's that intru- not intrusive? And he said that when, when they were doing the, um, or the, the prep. Actually, was actually, I'm actually like squirming my chest. No, no, so, seriously, like what he said, when they were actually starting to do the procedure, they said, oh, so yeah, we've got some uh, medical students. Uh, do you mind if <laughs> he's just like, yeah, fucking why not? <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm up here with my legs in the air anyway, which is always hilarious. It's always the, like, the, mo- the most awkward times when medical students are allowed in. Oh, no. Um, that doesn't sound like a good procedure. No, no, no. horrendous, absolutely horrendous. I think the contact lens in the eye sounds pretty, uh, pretty good now. No, I, I think I'd rather get a contact lens in the eye than a vasectomy, to be honest. But yeah, you know, we'll yeah. agree to disagree. No, <laughs> like, I'm agreeing with you. 100%. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere near that. Um, so well, a bit of time now. Yeah, I've got a bit of time to wait for that. So th- this is a question I asked Jade actually the other day. If there was any car, oh yeah, uh, that you've raced. That um, raced. Sorry, sorry, any car. That you haven't raced that yeah. you would love to have a go in other than formula one obviously you know bits and pieces like that what would it be mazda 787b oh good answer yeah that's the one good answer i thought you were about saying mazda prepare. mx5 i, I was yeah. like what <laughs> 787b group c rotary oh yeah 100%. the dream yeah that is the, especially in that green and uh, orange livery yeah yeah uh, number 55 johnny herbert's car yeah i've, I've literally been asked that before and uh, that was my answer because it was just like, yeah that is it's a great looking car gold near le mans yeah no no back canes flat out 240 miles mm. and it screams that you could hear it coming from miles away i thing. saw one go up go up the hill at goodwood and i was just mm. like holy shit like I, I actually thought that the the cat had come off the off the car or something the exhaust had come yeah. off i was like how on earth can something be that loud? I know, I know. <laughs> like it was, it was awesome. I think I, I went to, when I went to Le Mans in 2014, 2013, mm. Johnny Herbert was doing a demo lap in mm. it and it was cool to see it then as well. No, oh, it's the, yeah, unbelievable bit of kit. So that, that's the answer. That one. Cer- like that one. Certainly don't make him like that anymore. No, I like that answer. That's good. Um, how did you guys meet? <laughs> I know the answer to this question, so I'm curious to see how this goes. He's <laughs> just um, like, shut the fuck up, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you nudging me? This is, cr- this is crunch time now. Come on. We met at Janetta. We met at Janetta, yeah. When I started in 2018. In 2018, so you've been together now, what, three years, two years? Three years. Uh, three years. Yeah, yeah, three years. Three years um, last month. Yeah. 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 So it's been a bit of a. It's been good. I'm glad you say it keeps, that. Keeps me on a straight and narrow. <laughs> of course you couldn't say a that. Dog. <laughs> We've got a dog. We now. do. Eric. Yeah, he's a sausage dog. Eric, Eric is, yeah. So Eric is a miniature Dachshund. Yeah, he's. Well, like, no, actually, he's a medium Dachshund. He's huge. He's Sorry. massive. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a quite legend. A full, 
splash around. He sounds like a Doberman when he's barking. <laughs> and he tries to catch birds out of the sky. But, I mean... <laughs> Kelly's very son. He's the shortest dog in the world. He tries to catch birds out of the You're sky. You're obsessed with him. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, he's... Um, you know, in... I have to get up, out of bed in the morning first and go downstairs and get him so Charlie can have him for a cuddle. <laughs> yeah. I've got time for that. Yeah, uh-huh. I got time for that. I love uh-huh. dogs. He's living the dream. This boy. <laughs> he is literally living the dream. Who? I mean you. I mean you. I think we're both fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, we got Spencer and he's uh, absolutely legend. Love that dog to bits. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, thank you very much for coming on. Um, obviously, Charlie, I know uh, in the past we mentioned that you know would it be possible to get you on the podcast and yeah. come aboard and you ask what it's about, um, and obviously. You know, racing minds being predominantly about mental health and trying mm-hmm. to get people involved and spreading the message of, um, uh, or spreading awareness, I suppose, of mental health um, through the medium of motorsport. Um, that's something that's really important to me. Uh, something that's worked for me personally really, really well. Um, so I suppose my final question to round out the night would be: What are your experiences of mental health within motorsport, and mm-hmm. how do you how do you think it can benefit people? Um, I suppose is the best way to describe it. I think it's a, it's a good question because obviously mental health now is getting discussed a lot more and so it should be in, in more than ever has done, especially, um, you know, given current times and everything. So I think for me, motorsport's a, a, a great sort of escape for a lot of people, I think, and that's what a lot of people need is that sort of motivation and stuff. And I think being part of motorsport, part of that community, um, from what I've learned over sort of the last sort of year or so, is everyone's really been very, very welcoming. And I think in a lot of sports where mental health is becoming more prominent, mm. and I think especially athletes and, and drivers who are under a lot of pressure, so it can be quite demanding on mm. your mental health. I think yeah. it's important to have those sort of people around you. I mean, I think I've I've not I don't think I've, I've suffered with mental health as such, but. Um, I know how when you're putting the pressure on yourself and it can put you in a quite a bad place mm. and, and when you're trying to when you're struggling with that kind of that kind of thing um, but I think racing gives you that sort of vent yeah I think for a lot of people to be able to sort of get the emotions yeah out, out there yeah. and, and, and I think there's also a lot of people in that community that, that like I said is good friends and yeah there's a lot of good people in racing which is why I think it helps a lot of people yeah no, I yeah, couldn't agree more. Mm. Um, yeah, racing for me is very much a therapeutic environment. Mm, 100%. Um, you know, especially when you're actually racing. You know, you can't. I said this to Jade, um, Jade and Jimmy the other, the other day. Um, you know, you are in an, in an environment where your life is in your hands, and yeah. it doesn't focus the mind anything near as much. I don't think much. you feel as as like a quality lap when you're on it. You don't feel anywhere near as alive as any mm. other time. I don't think yeah. you know in, in that in that sense. I think because you know that everything's in your own hands, mm. um, it's it is therapeutic as you said, and and I think I don't know I've, I've found that after race weekends and stuff, I think that that flow of adrenaline and endorphins and stuff that you get, it, it does you do have a bit of a downer. I've often found yeah, that afterwards, I do. Uh, yeah. like on a Monday or a Tuesday. Yeah, like, I do. You kind of feel yeah. like they've exhausted yourself, but also a bit sort of like needing it again. Yeah, in yeah. That sense of yeah. needing that. That so it is a bit of a you do get hooked on racing as well, but I think it's a I think it's a good good feeling, mm. um, and I think it, I think it benefits a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, guys, thank you very very much for your time. 
It's been aw- awesome to see you. Thank you for your steak. You <laughs> only, only got me here because of the steak. I caught, uh, <laughs> yeah, I cooked the guy's steak earlier, and they're um, yeah. Apparently, they said it was good, which either means they're very, very good liars, or I actually did a good job. <laughs> we finished it. Yeah, you that finished was your it. Best compliment. Let me know if it comes up later, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, thank you very much, guys, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll look forward to chatting again soon. Yeah, cool. Thank you very much. Thank you.